What up, black man? Welcome to the Beneficial Black Man Podcast, where we focus on helping black men to overcome mediocrity, to become beneficial for their community by discussing faith, creativity, personal development, and mental and emotional health management. I am your host, Jamile Calpin. How are y'all doing? Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully you're finding time for an emotional release file. Hopefully you're finding time to protect your mental mental or you're protecting your mental mental. And you know, you are just being safe the best that you can and you're continuing to work towards becoming beneficial. I hope you're doing well, black man. I'm gonna jump right into this episode because I have put myself (laughs) on a time constraint. So I need to get through this as quickly as possible. And there's a lot that I kind of want to say. So first we're gonna do the mental mental check-in. Gonna start with the high. So recently, last week, I I caught up with a friend of mine. Uh, Shout out to Lowell. I caught up with a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in some months, actually, uh, a a good brother of mine. And it was just a really, really good conversation. I'm very, very thankful that um, we were able to get in touch with one another. We were kind of sort of like playing pwn tag like he would call and leave a message i would send him a text wouldn't see him or whatever like it was kind of difficult for us to get in touch having that conversation was a blessing to i think both of us and it was it was really good like he has kind of been going through kind of going through it especially with his job we were able to talk he was able to express things to me and i was able to you know listen understand kind of give him my perspective on it and kind of help i appreciate moments like that i appreciate stuff like that i appreciate being able to do that with brothers and that's something that I, I encourage. It's something that I've talked about on this channel. Like you need to talk to your brothers. You need to talk to a friend. You need people in your life <laughs> to help you navigate the things that you're dealing with. It's important. It's important. So I, that was the high for me. The low, I have a couple of lows. So I'm just gonna kind of list them. The two lows that I had like last week during my commute going to work, it was raining a lot and it just sucks to walk in the rain. It's not fun, especially if it's cold cold and rainy and then you have to sit inside of an office building cold and like damp it's just not fun another reason why you know i'm trying to get this business and working for myself off the ground so i don't have to commute (laughs) so i don't have to walk in the rain and the other low was um the recent occurrence in nashville tennessee i don't know all of the youtube protocols so i'm going to be very careful about what i can say but just praying for the families and friends of those who were lost during that situation it just sucks you know, it's it's really, really this world that we live in and spe- specifically the society that we live in really, really needs help. Um, I did a blog post a while ago now at this point uh, called America Needs Counseling. And I think it still rings true to this day. Like we've been through, people have been through a lot, whether it's things that was similar to what happened in Nashville, Tennessee recently, or Uvalde or Columbine. Like, and that's... <laughs> For perspective, right? If I'm not mistaken, I was in middle school when Columbine happened. I'm I'm 33 now. And since then, it's just been more and more and more and more. And again, it's just sad because I feel like over time, people have become so numb and at the same time outraged with all of the things that continue to occur. And it seems like nothing really is being done about it, you know, and it's just heartbreaking. Like how many times do you have to see parents crying or young children crying from you know, that survived those situations or family members grieving and having vigil vigils for those that they've lost. How many times do we have to keep seeing that at this point, you know, with, with Twitter and things like that, how many hashtags have to keep existing? And it sucks because there are people who are actively trying to do work and they're just not being heard. So yes, that was a low. I'm just going to leave that there. That was a low. In regards to creating stuff, so with a mental mental check-in, do high, a low, and then creating. Recently, I've been journaling a lot. So already journal. 
but sometimes I, I journal more than usual. I'm trying to actually make more space for that, particularly when I feel like I'm getting like divine downloads and information uh, from the most high or just something creative is coming up. I'm trying to make more space to actually just go ahead and write it down. I'm grateful for that. I really am. I'm very, very grateful for that. And I just recently finished a, a mini series on the channel about journaling, talking about how journaling has changed my life, talking about the, the, the health benefits of journaling and also sharing three simple techniques to journaling. So definitely go and check that out. I think you'll find it beneficial for you. Creatively, that's what, it, that's what I've been doing is journaling, journaling a lot. I think that's sometimes when I share about this in regards to creating, I wonder if I'm doing enough creatively. I'm going to go ahead and deal with that thought real quick. When you're trying to use creativity as a tool to help you manage your mental and emotional health, and if, you know, as we're continuing to become beneficial men, creativity is an integral part to that because creativity exists and you use it for a variety of different things in your life. It's not just to create art. Creativity can be used to problem solve. Creativity can be used to um, woo your spouse. Creativity can be used to take better care of your kids. Creativity can be used in so many different ways. I don't want it to come down to like, oh, how many creative things have I done? Kind of like a benchmark. Oh, I've done 10 creative things this week. That means I'm, I'm doing okay. No, like just continue to develop that creative muscle and make sure you're using it. That's what's most important. Not about how often you're being creative because sometimes there are spells when maybe you're not feeling that creative or there's no inspiration or whatever, but you want to continue to make room for it and you want to continue to develop that muscle because creativity is a part of you being a beneficial black man. You got to have creativity. You got to use creativity, but I don't want it to now become like kind of like a religious benchmark or something that, oh yeah, I'm, I do creative stuff all the time. Like I don't want it to become one of those things. It's like, yeah, I get up at 3.30 in, in the morning every day. Like now I'm successful. It's like, no, like you just need to integrate it into your life so that you can be fully you and that you can use this resource, use this thing that's been put inside of all of us so that we can be healthier, so that we can live for glory and for good, so that we can, you know, do things good for ourselves, create things for ourselves, create things for others and create things for the most highest glory. All that's important. And if you don't have that creativity, if you take that away from you, you're hindering yourself from being a beneficial man. That's the mental, mental check-in, high, low, and creating. Okay, so the main topic that I want to talk about <laughs> before I have to go, this is a response to a post that was shared by a sister that I follow on YouTube. Shout out to True Mystique. Um, definitely go check out her channel. She has a lot of good stuff that is beneficial for anybody that watches. I think may, most of her content is directed towards black women. But the thing is, as people in general, we learn from each other. So just because a black woman is teaching or sharing something, that doesn't mean, oh, as a man, I can't receive anything from that. That's stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. Very, 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 very stupid. It's sexist, misogynistic, misogynoristic. Like, don't do that. You're you're literally shooting yourself in the foot. Like, you're, you're shooting your, like the half of you blowing half of your body off if you're saying like oh i don't want to receive anything or i don't want to learn anything or i don't want to benefit anything from women that's dumb <laughs> it's really really dumb so don't don't do that make sure you're open to whatever uh wisdom wants to give to you and if we're you know using that analogy wisdom is represented as as a woman as as, as a as a feminine entity in the book of proverbs so be open to that like the good stuff is out there for all of us and the most high wants wants all of us to have it, whether it's male or female, man or woman, like learn from that, <laughs> absorb from that. Sorry, 
having like multiple thoughts all at once. But yes, shout out to True Mystique. I want to, she, okay. So she shared this post about a week ago and it really struck a chord with me. And let me make sure that you can see this. Let me zoom in a little bit. Hopefully that comes up. Okay. So yes, True Mystique, go out, check out her, her page. But this, let me read the post first that she had on you on her YouTube channel. Silence is violence, which is why many of these good guys are not good. Just saying, if you agree with reprobate behavior and refuse to check them on it, you are not good and just as bad for condoning the behavior. Get mad at your pappy, not me. I said what I said. I fully agree. And I think this, I mean, we're going to watch this video real quick too. What I really wanted to talk about today real quick is this idea of complacency as men. And that shows up in in a few different ways, but we're gonna watch this video real quick and then I'm gonna give my response. Watch this next video. It explains perfectly why silence, when you expect good people to do something, can really harm you because silence is complicity. So watch this and I'll come back on the back end. So TikTok took down the video where I talked about the most non-directly violent, most disturbing experience of my life. So I'm gonna retell it with some language edits. I went to a bar with my friend Ryan, my platonic friend who I used to have respect for. Uh, we were celebrating my birthday. We met up with, um, we ended up running into, I should say, um, a group of other people that I know, all men, about 10 men who invited us to sit at their table at this big sports bar. And on the news, uh, there was a story about an athlete who was going through their trial after being accused of, I don't remember if it was, I, I would assume it was grape of some kind. And I said, oh guys, well, you know, I guess your days of banging drunk strangers are over. Something that I assumed was like a non-controversial statement and like kind of a joke, because who would do that? Well, their greasy dirtball friend in a hockey jersey stands up and starts saying, she was just talking, but like forcefully at first, like, you know, I don't know what women think is going to happen to them when you go out, you wear like short, short skirts and like you wear like skimpy clothes and then you get blackout drunk. Like, I don't know what you expect. No one interrupts him, by the way. And he keeps talking until he works himself into such a lather that he is shouting, drunk SLUTSs get what they deserve. At me, he's shouting at me, pointing at me, drunk SLUTSs get what they deserve. Not only did none of the men at the table say anything, but the only time anyone interjected is when a mutual friend between the two of us said, dude, I totally agree with you. I totally agree, but like, let's just drop it for right now. Just try to get those cool, chill bro vibes back after your friend's been shouting at a woman about how he deserves to grape certain women under certain circumstances. That women should expect it. And he just kept going until I left the table in tears. And only then, did anyone else in the group even try to say something like, um, hey, sorry, like, no. And I got my shit and I paid my tab and left. Birthday ruined, great job. When I think back about that memory, I don't think about one or two verbally pro-grape people and a bunch of other people who just like are neutral and have no opinion. I see two vocally pro-grape men in that group and a bunch of like, you know, nine or 10 silent pro-grape fucking spineless cowards. There were. 10 men who said nothing. And the original question was replying to this dipshit that was talking about like, oh, like, I don't think all men are complicit. I do, as a woman who has experienced a man shouting forcefully his right to grape certain women under certain circumstances and watched as the faces of 10 fucking spineless cowards stared at their drinks, stared at the table, did anything but intervene. I never recovered my friendship with Ryan. That goes without saying. 
I never believed in good men after that. I don't believe in good men because I thought that I was sitting at a table of a bunch of good men and not a single one of them said one goddamn thing. And I think that perfectly illustrates the way in which all men are complicit against violence uh, against women. Silence is violence. Silence is complicity. That is precisely the reason why, even as a person who has not experienced violence in that way, I speak up vociferously. I am very loud about it because when you don't talk about it, even when you haven't experienced it, it's like a silent kind of not a rubber stamp, but you're not really helping the situation and helping those involved. People think that I have been a victim because I am so <clears throat> about it with my protestations and wanting to help women and being for the safety of women. No, no. It's because I see what happens when people are silent about it. When you have people that you think are good people who just will sit there blankly and do nothing about it, say nothing about it, it is heart-wrenching, especially if you were a victim of something. So no, I will keep being loud. I will keep sharing stories and I will do so because I haven't experienced it, but I can understand where women are, where girls are who have been powerless in these situations. And I understand why these cultures are allowed to persist. They're allowed to persist because so many people are silent about it and don't want to fix it. All right. So yes, that um, the first time that I watched that video, and it's still, I kind of got like my my. I have a response. I have a physical response to watching that video and listening to that to that lady's story, and it it makes me very very angry, and it makes me very very upset. I think for two reasons. One, if I'm being honest, I've probably been one of those guys, not recently, and I think probably when I was a lot younger and dumb, and stupid, and selfish, and cowardly. And the thing is. That's probably the first reason. The second reason is it sucks because when men don't stand up, when men aren't being beneficial, when they are being complacent, when they are being silent, bad things happen. And I was trying to find the scripture. And if I do find it, I will put it in the video somewhere. But it talks about pretty much that when evil arises or evil men arise, like the righteous or the good men go away. And it's, and it's not good. We have to, as men, as we're striving to become beneficial men, we have to learn how to not hold our tongues, particularly for things that are just righteous and that are good. And what I, I wrote down here is like, as men, we have to commit to fighting for a standard and not a system. And what I mean by that is in this situation, which is, I did a recent video about alpha men and stuff like that. In this situation where this woman is sitting around 10 guys and there's this one guy just going off and acting like an ass, all of those men who didn't say anything were being betas. If we want to talk about the primal definition of what alpha men are and stuff like that and what alphas are in, in, in the animal kingdom, that's what they were doing. This one guy in his belligerence and his drunkenness was beating and pounding his chest like a crazy baboon. And the rest of the guys just sat there and cowered. That's what happens in the animal kingdom. And the thing is, with animals, they don't. there is no real moral standard or righteousness or anything like that. They're falling in line with the system, with a system that isn't necessarily uh, beneficial for us as humans. <laughs> so like even that, that concept of being an alpha or wanting to be alphas and stuff like that, no, you, you are encouraging a system that destroys men and it also destroys women. 
Because in that situation, there was nobody else willing to stand up to buck, a bit, buck against that system to say, no, there's a standard. Like, what are you talking about? You're being ridiculous. Well, no, I, I'm not standing for and I'm not encouraging the mistreatment of women. This is stupid. You, you're out of line. And that requires us to have standards. That requires us to fight for a standard and uphold a standard and not cower to a system, a system of being, like she kind of mentioned, this idea of like a bromance situation. Oh, like I'm not going to rock the boat. I just want things to get back together so we can watch the game and keep drinking. No, if there's a standard that supersedes that situation, we need to stand up and say something about it in any circumstance, in any situation. And that's a challenge for us if we're trying to become beneficial men. And it's a challenge for me too, being in certain circumstances and situations, whether it's at home or whether it's at work or whether it's around your friends or whether wherever you are, if there's something that's going against the standard, if there's something that's mediocre, that's gray, that's, that's, that's wicked, we have to have the courage to speak up even though our voice shakes. And I, I, I know what that feeling feels like. And I, it's so uncomfortable, but it must be done. It has to be done. We live in a world that is becoming ridiculous more and more every every single day. And it's so vital and it's so important, particularly within our community as black men, we have to stand up. We have to not be silent. We have to fight for and pursue a standard that is beneficial for the community as a whole. And if that means speaking out against your favorite entertainer, if that means boycotting your favorite pastime, if that means making sure some of your uh, women colleagues or coworkers are heard during during meetings or events, we have to push against a system that doesn't care about us and that's trying to keep us all in under control, all subservient, all betas. We have to get rid of this idea of dominance and alphas and all that stuff. No, we have to focus on. How can we uplift everybody? How can we serve everybody? How can things get better for everybody? Because if we don't, it's going to get worse. It's going to keep getting worse. Like we have to continue to work on not being afraid to stir the pot. And in a conversation that I was having with my wife and I think family or friends or whatever, we were having a conversation about uh, an organization that we were part of in college. And there were certain people uh, that we were friends with that whenever we had big meetings and stuff like that, they would say things that may potentially stir the pot or kind of push against the overarching system. And, you know, after a while, if you are like that, if you are providing those kind of comments or disagreements or, or whatever to the majority system, you kind of get like painted the wrong way. You kind of get considered a black sheep or a wrench in the system, you know, but you need those people, especially if this pot, if we're going to use this example of stirring a pot, if you want this pot to be something good, like if you're cooking, you know, if you're cooking stew or anything like that, you have to stir the pot. <laughs> you have to stir what's ever in that pot because if you don't, things will burn. Things will not cook evenly. Things will fall apart. You either burn the pan or you burn the food. We have to have pot stirrers and it's our place as men to do that. Maybe not all the time, but at least sometimes and particularly when it comes to upholding a standard a standard that, again, is beneficial for all of us, beneficial for our community. We have to be willing to take that chance to speak when our voice shakes, to, to not be silent, to not be complacent, but like, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. And even if that means I, I, I lose the respect of this quote unquote alpha person or whatever, you have to, you have to, have to, have to, we have to, as we're becoming beneficial men, start to speak up and take the chance 
to not be silent, to stir the pot. And if somewhere in this, this environment, in this pot, if they don't want you around, they want to get rid of you, that just means you're in a bad pot. It's a bad batch. So you might just need to move on. Like in that situation that lady shared, her one friend that is her ex-friend, he should have saw that as a sign as like, these are not guys I should hang out with. I need to stop being around these people. And that sometimes that's what you got to do. That's what you have to do. All right, I have to wrap up this episode. I'm getting a phone call that's very, very important. <laughs> but black man, you are called for more than mediocre living. You're here for a purpose, to live for glory and for the good of others. Let's do the work and keep choosing to become beneficial for our community. I believe in you. Until next time, go make something for yourself, of yourself, and for glory and for good. Peace.